Welcome one and all to episode 23 of the Scum and Villainy Podcast, a weekly Star Wars podcast where we break down the latest and greatest in Star Wars news. I'm your host, Garrett McDowell, and in my co-pilot seat, Noah DeGeorge. What's going on, buddy? Well, I've got some news for you. News uh, flash. News flash. That's ESPN, but you know. So um, <laughs> I was I was going to tell you this uh, before we started recording, but then I was like, oh, I might as well just mention it up top because we're here. Um, That's right. Live on air. Live on air. Uh, so everybody <laughs> else gets to share in the joy as well. My wife oh. and I have an announcement. Oh, what? Are you going to be a dad? No, we have COVID. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we both have COVID. So. Uh, That's not good at all. No, I, it's okay. not. Um, I did. Oh, man. It's really not that great. Sucks. Uh, so. I'm I'm not I'm not quite at a hundred percent, but at least uh, I'm above. Let's say I'm above fifty percent. You're vaccinated, correct? I am. I am vaccinated, and my symptoms okay. aren't horrible. But I think yeah, you, that should temper some stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. If you can hear a little bit of raspiness in my voice, that's why. Uh, but we'll clean it up, Noah. Okay, we got a show to do. Well, okay, you know what no they excuses. say: the show must go wrong. So, um, no, I did. That's funny that you kept that for on air. You're like, we got to milk this content out of, <laughs> out of this, uh, announcing that I have COVID. But yeah, uh, before the show had started, I because I had saw Dune last night, and I just I was like, what do you th- what do you what do you think of Dune? And you're like, oh, I'll tell you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, you weren't able to go, but you're you're feeling okay. You're feeling uh. I, I mean, I'm feeling all right. It's just kind of a like eighty percent. Yeah, I'll say 70, 70 to eighty percent. It kind of wavers, but yeah, I was I was very bummed last night. I had tickets to see Dune and IMAX. Um, yeah, and uh, had to get those bad boys refunded. So, you know, that sucks. It's uh. Uh, we'll see how it goes and I'm sure it's not going to get worse out from here, but I'm just mostly yeah. sad that I have not seen Dune yet, but yeah, I mean, you technically could watch it on HBO max, I could. but I would, I, I would recommend holding off. I know that that sounds like, ugh, cause you know, you probably have to be free of COVID for like two or so weeks. So it's like, that's two weeks. I don't get to watch this movie, yep. but I would say I haven't released my review yet, so like I won't go into into too many details here. But I would say preserving that theatrical IMAX experience would totally be um, worth it. Which actually is kind of relevant to Star Wars, the the podcast that we're um, on here. But yes, I would try to preserve that um, theater experience there when you do go try and see Dune. I would have avoid the HBO Max TV thing, even though it's it's tempting. But you yeah. know, who, who, what what am I to tell you? I no, <laughs> You're I the agree. Sick boy at home, I yeah. totally agree with you. So, but that's yeah, how that's I'm doing. Bad. How are you? I'm great. I don't have COVID. Um, <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I um yeah I saw Dune last night. Um, and I'm excited to talk about that today. I have lots of thoughts about it. Um, and, uh, I, I texted our mutual friend, uh, Bailey last night, but something that I'm getting used to in LA, cause I went and saw Dune at the universal city walk, which is like one of the legitimate IMAX screens of the country to uh-huh. where it's like so big that it's like one to one and you can really see it in IMAX. Like yeah. it's a true IMAX experience. Um, it's also one of those theaters that you can see like 35 millimeter in as well. So like when, uh, when, uh, uh, Dunkirk came out, like you could have seen that, like, uh, at, at this theater, they have the capability of doing that. And something that I'm getting used to since living out in LA is not only are people staying through the credits a lot more, even not through MCU movies, which have post credit scenes. No, they're staying in the theater to, cause they, you know, people worked on these movies Yeah. and because of that, um, particularly at this theater, 
um, when the credits are rolling, people will like clap for like individual people. And I think it's because those people are like there, like last night, you know, they were, I tried to see, you know, obviously there's lots of names, so it's kind of hard to identify who, but it was, it was like the visual effects portion of the credits and people clapped and this guy kind of like sarcastically like took a bow and I'm like, Oh, that's neat that you get to like, wow, that's you know, so fun. people went and saw the movie that they made and they're with friends and family, presumably. And, you know, I think that that, that's really and cool. Timothy Chalamet was sitting right behind you. He was right next to me. He was just chonching on goobers the entire movie. Just <laughs> I would see not him, shut up. I see him as a dots person. He's like the guy that gets dots at a movie theater and you're like, you really paid four and a half dollars for dots? Like there was a, a, a gentleman next to me. He was an, he was an older gentleman and he, um, he had a hot dog. Uh, and a bag of popcorn. <laughs> and uh, before the movie started, um, he was eating his hot dog. And he leans over to me and he says, I'm vaccinated. Do you mind if I'm eating this hot dog? And I was like, no, go for it. Eat your, munch on your hot dog. But I also thought that that was like very kind and polite of him to ask. That is very um, polite. But it, it, but it also made me think of like, what if I said no? Like, what do you do with the hot dog? Do you just like you know, pocket yeah. that hot dog <laughs> until after the movie? I will or, like, save go this into the for later, and, yeah. <laughs> but he he purchased like a whole hot dog and a big bag of popcorn and he also leans over to me and he says just to let you know you'll have a little bit more elbow room um because i'm probably gonna head out like 30 or so minutes into this uh because i've seen this movie like 20 times and i was like oh wow okay <laughs> sure man but i just was like dang hot dog popcorn to see like 30 minutes of a movie again very polite that was, that was his dinner he was just like i think i'll just do this for dinner and then <laughs> that was it yeah, um, but yeah, uh, all the the Dune aside, yeah, I would try to preserve that um, theatrical experience, and and you know, there's plenty of stuff on streaming that you could probably um, probably watch now. There's that um, new Netflix uh, Western movie, I think, The Harder They Fall. Yeah, with, with Idris Elba, and yeah, you could probably check that out. Yeah, so, I'll be catching that, up on some things. I'd like to do a Star Wars rewatch soon, and this might be the time to do it. So, of like all the movies, most of them at least. Hey, if one thing is going to cure your COVID depression of you know 19 and catching it all yes. you lost your achievement too like you don't have that achievement anymore of not getting covid yeah so that's i know too bad um yeah if anything's going to cure that sure as heck is going to be star wars it better be <laughs> uh speaking of which we do have a lot to discuss on today's show um it was kind of a slow news week and then just throughout the past like day or so uh, we actually got uh, quite a bit um of news so we're actually i'm um, gonna have plenty to discuss today and we've got some more Boba Fett content coming soon on Disney Plus, aside from the book of Boba Fett. We've got a new book from Insight Editions, uh, also some new products revealed from Hasbro at PulseCon, which just happened today. It's hot off the press. Um, we've also got an uh, in-depth discussion that you and I are going to have towards the end of the show, and where we're going to discuss the idea of ranking Star Wars movies, the pros, the cons of that. And then everything in between. Um, if you want to hop uh, throughout those conversations, if one uh, interests you more than the other, you can do so by clicking some of those time codes in the description, uh, and you can move about as you please. But first, Noah, yeah, you know this Boba Fett guy. You've I've heard, heard of him. him. I've heard of him. Well, if there's one thing that Star Wars fans love, uh, it's the uh, the man in the helmet, the man under the helmet, one might say, uh, because under the helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett uh, will be debuting on November 12th on Disney Plus. Um, this was announced last month and uh, that they will premiere a Boba Fett special, uh, but we didn't really know much more um, about that. But now we get a little bit more details. 
Um, in addition to the name, we also got a few screenshots from the special as well as a description which reads, it's a special celebrating the origins and legacy of Star Wars legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett. So Noah, we've talked about Boba Fett uh, very uh, heavily on this show, which isn't surprising. This seems to be the year of Boba Fett. Um, I know you and I had discussed maybe doing like a Boba Fett themed month in, in December in preparation for the book of Boba Fett. So lots of Boba Fett uh, content coming down the pipeline, uh, and this is no exception. Noah, are you excited to uh, take a peek, take a peek under that dented helmet there? Well, here's the thing, and I say this uh, with with a little bit of uh, a little bit of sarcasm, a little bit of irony, um, and maybe maybe just a tinge of rhetoricality maybe, but uh, when I hear under the helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett, my first Mm -hmm. reaction uh, is what legacy? Um, (laughs) Because I- Shots fired at Boba Fett. (laughs) Absolutely. Right off the back, rocket launcher missile, dude. Um, I I just think it's funny because I'm excited to see like actually what legacy- um, sure. but it always feels to me like it's legacy only in name. Um, now granted, uh, this is kind of something coming off of, again, you and I might dive into uh, a lot of Boba Fett content, uh, in the next couple months or so. Uh, Hooray so we, we will see, but I do feel like this is something that stays a little bit contained to, um, to actually, you know, what we have of Boba Fett from, the Skywalker saga and more live action things. Um, Mm -hmm. even though he has appeared numerous times in other multimedia. Um, and also, I mean, we know a lot about, uh, Tamara Morrison's like character slash characters. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, where is, where is this coming from? And where is it, where's it going to go? Who knows? Yeah. I am anticipating that this documentary will, or this, you know, um, special as it's referred to will probably be more of outside the narrative it's probably going to be less of hey this is what boba fett's been you know up to in preparation for the book of boba fett i think it's probably going to be more you know how this character who debuted in you know a local county fair like parade um, ends up getting their own, their own multi-million dollar Disney Plus television show. Yeah. Um, and then everything in between, because Boba Fett's had kind of an odd journey. You know, he's the, from an action figure to cartoon to, you know, all this stuff to, you know, if you go to any kind of Target or whatever and you're looking for Star Wars merch, you're probably going to find something with Boba Fett. Like any of those really seem to be... Um, more exciting avenues for me um, than just talking purely about, you know, kind of a a documentary version of like the Wikipedia article of Boba Fett, you know? Yes. I've seen the movies, I've seen Clone Wars, I know what he's up to um, from now, uh, from, uh, you know, where we see him uh, initially in Attack of the Clones to where we are now. I get that. What would be a lot more interesting for me is to see this character who you know, started as just kind of this fan favorite, ooh, mysterious guy, and then now is, you know, one of the most recognizable characters um, in Star Wars. And also taking a look at the actors who portrayed Boba Fett, because he's actually had a lot of different um, actors portray him. And, you know, Jeremy Bullock, who passed away recently, um, uh, uh, or passed away or stopped, um, passed away, yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, um, uh, I was like, did he just retire? Or did he passed away. No, he definitely passed away. Um, uh, in a way, he hearing, did retire. 
in a in a way he, you know he he punched his he punched his card so to speak um but yeah getting the legacy of actors like Jeremy Bullock as well as others um I had met um Alan Harris who who also passed away um and he portrayed a Bosk um in uh, the Empire Strikes Back and he had talked to me I didn't know this that he had done like the costume fitting for Boba Fett like in that classic white armor that was like him wearing that which is something that I didn't know um, and, uh, like getting some more behind, behind the scenes kind of details about all of that, you know, the costume design, all that kind of stuff. I think that that sounds far more interesting than just, Hey, previously on Boba Fett, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I, I think that there's, um, there's an appreciation for Boba Fett because of the different avenues that the behind the scenes of the character has, has taken. Um, so it'll be interesting to get those kind of in a, Let's just say a, a larger spotlight. You know what I mean? Um, I do know what you mean. Because nobody, I, I would say barely anybody would recognize the name Jeremy Bullock, you know? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the same goes for Peter Cushing. And, um, I mean, maybe Peter Mayhew less so. Um, sure. But, like, those those names are are important in the timeline and the lineage of, of characters. I think one thing in particular, though, the, the more I think about it, I'm very excited to know the opinion of Boba Fett from like inside Lucasfilm. I want to know what like what like the people of Lucasfilm feel and felt about Boba Fett um, from yeah. then until now. That'd be so interesting to hear if they're like, well, you're definitely going to have people like John Favreau who, you know, are going They're from that era of the original trilogy and they grew up with that. And they're, you know, oh, man, I, I remember seeing him and just thinking he was so cool looking because he does look really cool. And he has all this like gear and, you know, he hears he hunts Wookiees and it's like, oh, my God, he hunts Chewbacca's yeah, like that's yeah. bizarre in like that's very intimidating and hunts these giant creatures for sport. And he's like infamous for that, you know, getting those kind of details, I think, um, yeah, from the people who work at Lucasfilm, you're definitely going to get John Favreau and, you know, Tamara Morrison. Um, yeah, all that stuff like sounds really uh valuable and as someone who is maybe not a big of a as big of a fan um uh, of of the character like being able to hear the experiences and almost kind of testimonies from those who who do love this character um i think that um yeah that's that's valuable and it's 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 fun to um to kind of to share all of that on the um, you know the love of this character. I'd also like to hear some from Daniel Logan, you know, the actor that played Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones. Uh, as a kid, yeah. Yeah, cuz he's, you know, a grown man now. Uh, and it'd be cool to to hear his uh, perspective of everything for sure. Yeah, what is what is he doing? What is he doing these days? I follow him on like Twitter and such and I know he goes to lots of cons um and he's he's a real champion of the character and he's always tweeting about Boba Fett and you know all of that kind of stuff and um yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he's doing well. But yeah, he's still very like still has his like, you know, finger on the pulse of Star Wars and is still like very much a fan of that. And, you know, was really proud, I I think, of his character that he, you know, portrayed because who wouldn't want to be You got to play dress up and <laughs> be like one of the most famous Star Wars characters, you know, like that's that sounds like a pretty good gig to me. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but also he, you know, was portrayed in, in the Clone Wars and has a much more substantial role there. Uh, than yeah. than just an attack of the clones and uh personally from my my one experience cosplaying you know that I love young boba fett from uh from that that clone wars arc so good luck 
It's a good look. He gives um, Cal Kestis a run for his money as far as the poncho game is hey, concerned. Poncho game, strong, really strong. <laughs> good job, Daniel Logan, but in animated form. Absolutely. Uh, moving on from there, um, we've got a new book from Insight Editions called Star Wars, The Life Day Cookbook. Um, this is from Jen uh, Fukikawa, Fukawa. Excuse me if I mispronounced that. Um, uh, features more than 120 recipes, Noah, um, from Bantha milk hot chocolate to Mudhorn eggnog. Um, the Star Wars cookbook is going to feature lots of Star Wars themed treats that you can enjoy this Halloween season. Um, and it will re- be released on November 9th in 2021. Um, Noah, you know I love cooking. Um, I've got my own Star Wars cookbook. Um, I've even cooked some stuff on it. Wasn't too bad. Nice. Um, what do you think here about this uh, Life Day cookbook? Is it something that you're going to add on your holiday wish list, ask, San- some, uh, ask Santa for? I think I, I think I actually will. And I'll, you know that I love cooking as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I do not have a Star Wars cookbook. I've got a couple different you know, recipe books and whatnot, but... Sure. You already know what I'm going to say about this uh, staggering number of 120 recipes. It's a lot of recipes. You already know what I'm going to say. If Mantel Mix is not <laughs> in there. I don't think that that's holiday themed. I'm going to throw you know? a fit. I'm going to throw a fit. Popcorn uh, is like a, no, holiday is like, for some reason, popcorn is like a big thing at every holiday, right? You get like a popcorn ball at, at Halloween. You get like... Sure you know, popcorn strings at Christmas. Who knows why? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. People are decorating their trees with it. It's a bizarre choice for sure. That's, I feel like that's gotta be something, but this immediately makes me think of, especially like the Bantha milk hot chocolate or the mud horn eggnog. It makes me feel like you're right. It's not, it's not something necessarily from the Star Wars universe, but it is Star Wars themed rather, which are like two very different things. And I think I told you a while ago, I, I had a cookbook that I rented from my school library when I was in elementary school that mm-hmm. had uh, Star Wars themed food, but it was, it was legitimately just like Yoda soda, Wookiee yeah. cookies Stuff and like, like yeah. tie fighter pigs in a blanket. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I that that's what this feels like uh, a lot to me. But regardless, that's a lot of recipes. I would love to get my hands on that. Yeah, I think there's a nice mix here because on the cover there is like a little Wookie gingerbread cookie kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Bantha milk hot chocolate seems to be more of like a you know in universe. This, yeah, like they of, would use you know. this. This would exist. Whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Mudhorn egg. I mean, it's it's clever because they have like a big egg, and you know, if it's it'd be kind of a dangerous uh, drink to to get there. Yeah, if you um, if but, you drink that, you might get a hair in your glass. You're like, oh, they're so furry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, I think these are um, really fun. Uh, I I really like the Galaxy's Edge one because that's pretty much all exclusively like in quote unquote in universe food that right. you can you can make here, and um. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we have many details on what the Wookiees uh, consume on Christmas. Is it like comparable to what we eat on Christmas? So like on our life day, excuse me, what they um, what they eat on life day is it comparable to what we eat on Christmas. Do they have like, you know, the, the ham, your I, macaroni, I your baked macaroni? Like, no, <laughs> I think it's I think it's way, way closer to kind of a Christmas vacation, Christmas turkey 
uh, type deal. Uh, because <laughs> it's really dry. Yes. <laughs> no, because like in the in the Last Jedi, we see Chewbacca roasting some porgs, right? Oh, I see. But yeah. in in uh, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, I know Chewbacca's got like a kind of a, a big turkey leg or a leg of some bird. Um, yeah, and um, is I I think um, is it Poe who's like trying to nail a recipe or something like that? Isn't some, that like a it, plot point? It's something along the lines of that. Again, it's been a year since I've seen it, so yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, hopefully this, I mean, if there's 120 recipes in there, they all can't be puns, certainly, you know? Certainly um, not. And yeah, I think it's far more, I, I like what the Galaxy's Edge one does to where it's like, oh, you can get, you know, these Mustafar brownies or whatever, and they're yeah. like black and craggly, but there's like little, you know, red goop and stuff in there. Like all that stuff is kind of fun. Like, yeah, it might not be. You know, I don't think there's a baker in Mustafar who's like whipping up some cookies, but, you know, maybe some baker went to Mustafar and they were inspired and made, you know, food that looks similar to the planet. I think all that is is, is good fun here. I don't know if this one is going to be one that I um, make myself um, because I don't know if my family is going to be really down to eat a lot of <laughs> Star Wars themed um, Christmas stuff. They're going to be like, Jesus, hey, you never God. know. Let it go for one moment. <laughs> I just roll up to the, the the Christmas party and I'm like, hey guys, does anyone <laughs> want some bantha milk hot chocolate? <laughs> they're like, Garrett, come on, just bring regular hot chocolate. We asked you for regular hot chocolate. And you're like, no, I'm no, just like no. Crying, it's... holding the tray. Does anyone want bantha milk hot chocolate? <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is, it's, it's all in good fun. And um, I'm sure lots of, uh, wonderful Pinterest photos and Instagram photos will be taken of people making their, um, very, uh, uh, photogenic, uh, drinks and such, um, Mudhorn eggnog, throw some whiskey in there and, you know, maybe you might convince me. I might, I might make some as well. Absolutely. Also, there was a thing called in there. I put a little note here. Uh, there's a thing called a Bantha's surprise, which is a stew. And that really made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the surprise is? <laughs> a Bantha's surprise I don't know. I guarantee <laughs> it's not a toy. There like is, a euphemism. Yeah, there's not a toy that comes with it. Uh, at least not one that you would find in a Happy Meal. Yeah. Um, uh, give them the old Bantha surprise, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's, that's good stuff. There's, a, there's a, a thousand different ways that that could go. Anyways... <laughs> Yeah, well, you can buy Star Wars The Life Day Cookbook uh, from Inside Editions on November 9th, and you can add it uh, to your um, growing collection of Star Wars cookbooks. Uh, but moving on from there, we've got some new Star Wars figures, and by new, I mean, like, brand new. This was like an hour or so ago when all these were revealed um, at Hasbro PulseCon. Um, uh, today, Hasbro hosted their annual PulseCon, which reveals new looks at upcoming figures, um, lots of new Star Wars figures from the prequels, the Mandalorian, uh, the original trilogy, Galaxy's Edge, and many, many more. Um, Noah, we've got a slew of new figures on the way, um, some of which big, some of which small. Um, any of these figures uh, pique your interest here? Any of these collectibles, things that you're going to want to add to your um, to your growing wish list of Star Wars things that you just you just have to have? Well, I was pulling up uh, the uh, some of the some of the images here. Um, mm -hmm. cause I wanted to kind of have them all laid out before me. Um, you know, I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of the, of, of Ahsoka. So I, I really love the, uh, the little Ahsoka one, uh, looks very yeah. Clone Wars. Like it, it's, it doesn't just look like a, oh, that's kind of an Ahsoka and yeah, I can, I can recognize it. Like it looks, you know, ripped straight sure. from the screen, which is very fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I do, I do very much appreciate the, uh, that the Mandalorian figures come with the little, spider guys um <laughs> yeah 
because I know we, we talked about how dudes. you know that feels uh, very very Star Wars when 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 we saw those um, in that episode. Um, yeah. But that's I mean I'm kind of feeling uh, a little bit I think neutral is probably the best word. Um, sure. Just because you know I'm not a I'm not a huge action figure guy, but uh, I mean I've got a couple of special ones, uh, some some ones that are close to my heart. Um, but I'm not, I'm not crazy about action figures. So there has to be something that is really, really special for me. Um, is there anything like that out of all these little bits and bobs that, that you feel is special enough to say, I I gotta have that on my shelf? Well, considering I have lots of things on my shelf, you do. I am, I am a, I am a avid collector of star Wars things. Um, and because of that, I have to be a little bit, um, choosy in what I have, like Mm -hmm. looking at my shelf here, the figures and things that I have feel are, uh, very representative of the things that I like about star Wars. Uh, and some of these figures also are like, have a personal connection to me where, you know, this Plo Koon figure that I'm looking at here, you know, was the same figure, not like, you know, I repurchased it. No, I literally played with that figure when I was a kid, you yeah. know, and I still have that. And Plo Koon's one of my favorite Jedi. And, you know, I, 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 can, I still have lots of the toys that I have when I was a kid. And because of that, um, I don't have a lot of shelf space um, for toys. So I, I do have to be a little bit choosy, um, as particularly with the smaller figures, because I'm more of kind of a statue, some of the more, quote unquote, like adult premium figures. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though. That Cobb Vanth toy. I was just about to say, I I know he's, he looks good. That's pretty sweet. Like, that's a great sculpt. Uh, The hair looks fantastic. It's like really, I'm glad that they captured the the glorious hair that he has there. Um, They've got this really great um, vintage playset from the Navarro Cantina uh, from the Mandalorian, which I just think is fun. They've got uh, Grogu, they've got Din Djarin, um, IG-11, as well as the Death Trooper, and I just love that they're just, um, look like they're about to saddle up and order, (laughs) saddle up to the bar and and order a cold one, you know, like, I I think that that's fun, Uh, I think that that's a very silly playset, um, (laughs) but I'm glad that it exists nonetheless. Um, the other only, um, like, figure here, or maybe collectible would be a better word for it, that I was really, um, really actually itching to get um was the Leia organa um fx lightsaber i knew you were gonna a, say it i knew you were gonna say it look i'm you know like i'm not made of money uh i, I i'm <laughs> it's it's not it's not pouring out of my 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 armpits here but that is a that's a sweet looking um lightsaber and i i, I will say that as someone who has previously purchased lightsabers one of my biggest um from hasbro the black series ones one of my biggest complaints is that the blade is not detachable yeah so i feel like to display it you really have to you know allocate quite a lot of space there and even if you do put it on your wall if it's not lit up it looks kind of silly you know you've got like this big light bulb um out of it but this saber you can pull out the um the, the saber part of it and just have the hilt and that's a pretty sweet looking, you know, that's a pretty sweet looking hill. I'm a it big sure Leia guy. I, um, think, and I think we talked about that before when we were talking more about uh, Black Series stuff with yeah. uh, the Rise of Skywalker and, you know, saying that, yeah, we've got, you know, we've got the Black Series uh, Rays uh, lightsaber. Yeah. Would have loved to have had, had a Leia one. 
Yeah, it's 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 pretty great, and it looks like it's actually like metal, so you know it's not just like a cheap little plastic. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's not cheap. I'm sure it's not cheap. I'm sure it's probably two fifty to three hundred dollars. So I don't think I'm going to actually commit to buying it. But boy, howdy, was I like okay, the pre orders today at five. I am curious <laughs> how much it's going to be. Um, the other figure here that you know uh, you can kind of see how my my taste is. I have kind of an expensive taste when it comes to Star Wars figures. Um, was the uh, we got a first look at the uh, Rancor, which um, is a HasLab project that was kind of crowd uh, crowdfunded. Other projects uh, that they've done uh, include um, the Razor Crest and uh, Jabba Sail Barge. These are kind of like, you know, limited edition, like, you know, giant collectibles yeah, that I, yeah. I don't, I don't have a room for, like, I'd have to get another apartment and get like a three bedroom apartment to, to fit all this stuff. But they've got this 42 inch wide, um, uh, Rancor, um, from, uh, the return of the Jedi, the, the one that Luke fights here. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh. That's pretty sweet looking. It's it's like the photo that we have is just a concept. So it's just like this gray, you know, digitally rendered figure. So it's not, you know, not really any paint or anything like that. But getting something like that and having this nice, you know, um, if you got like a Luke figure with it and he's like holding the, you know, the skull and everything, that's it's 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 pretty fantastic. I'm wondering what other, you know, uh, figures are going to come along with it. I wonder if we're going to get a Rancor Keeper. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> I know a lot of people would be very interested in that. His, his head is just like in his hands and he's <laughs> yeah, just weeping. His, yeah. his permanent face, like facial feature is just that he's sobbing. Yeah, you know, like we there. I feel like these were more popular when we were kids, but like especially with Star Wars toys, you'd like squeeze the legs together and they would do some sort of action. Yeah, I want like I want uh, sobbing action. Nice. You know, he like, nice. squeezes his legs together and he just pushes his hands instead his, of the uh, kung fu action face. when you like <laughs> yeah. you hit the lever and some yeah. guys chop. You hit the lever on this guy's back and he just cries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no kung fu grip. Uh, just has a try to get try to tries to get a grip. Um, nice. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Uh, but thank you. Um, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, this you know, it's probably good. I think the price on it was like three sixty five or something like Yowch. that. So it's a it's it uh, three fifty. Yeah, so it's a yeah. beautiful looking figure. Um, you know, and it's it's an outrageous amount of money for something incredibly silly to purchase. Well, like, welcome back to the I... welcome back to the part of the podcast where we regularly <laughs> uh, talk about the things that we wish that we could buy. <laughs> yeah, uh, we just wish that we were made of money. But wouldn't that be great though? You could just like nonchalantly just be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you I'll have, have that. Like, spend a grand on Star Wars crap and have room to to display all this stuff. But right. yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to admire this from afar uh, and I look forward to seeing photos that people post on Instagram of, you know, their wonderful diorama with lights and everything. And they've got this whole set figured out like that's, that's going to be great to see. But yeah, for me, I, I'm, I'm glad it exists to, for, uh, yeah, I'm glad it exists for someone else to enjoy. For sure. And some of the other figures here, um, we've also got like some uh, uh, some um, announcements for some upcoming figures. Um, we're going to get a figure and Dan figure. Uh, <laughs> Dude, it's uh, about figure time. Figure and Dan. Uh, that's going to be, <laughs> that's great. I hope he uh, comes with the uh, rest of the modal nodes. That'd be fantastic. It he, is about you know, time. You know, they had like those little... Um, com link things like for the phantom menace toys yeah. like we could like they make sound that'd be I've, sick if you could like put a little one in like they start playing music they like start that'd be great around or something like that that'd be great i was gonna say um, my, my action figures that i have in their boxes still have the com links yeah you've got those uh phantom menace um original figures there 
Um, we've also got so uh, uh, Leia from Ewok Village, um, a new Republic security droid uh, trooper CT5597, um, which is also known as Jesse. Um, the 332nd Ahsoka's clone trooper. Uh, might have to get my hand on that one. Uh, Mandalorian Super Commando Captain. Um, the Mandalorian in his trooper disguise and a Darth Vader v, uh, FX Elite lightsaber. Um, out of all of those, I think the one that does get me excited, as I said, is the Ahsoka's clone trooper. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those seem to be um, of more interest to you or all same kind of thing here? Well, same kind of thing. However, um, the the Ahsoka's clone trooper, their, their battalion, I've seen uh, so much content of people just turning regular clone trooper uh, sure. you know, action figures into that because it's not very difficult because it's just a paint job. Um, yeah. you know, so I, I've seen a lot of that and I do enjoy that content. So maybe it's kind of cool that we're getting, uh, some licensed stuff. Uh, finally, yeah. I, I suppose. Um, but you know, I'm a huge fan of, of all of that. It's a, it's a very emotional, uh, pull right there. Sure. I'm looking at some of these other figures that they have and, you know, some of the quote unquote like uh, Galaxy's Edge figures, I think, are a little disappointing. There's not really anything that strikes me as Galaxy's Edge. It's like you've got this uh, first order kind of combo pack here with General Hux as well as like a mouse droid and some, you know, uh, some clone troopers uh, and, uh, you know, look like an evil R5, (laughs) um, which is, you know, pretty, pretty neat. Um, you've also got like this droid depot pack that has a little Babu Frick and a CB 23. She's got, finally got, um, her action figure. Hold on a Um, minute. That hold on a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You've also also got a a galaxy's edge creature pack. Um, yeah. We're Um, we're really uh, letting CB 23 in the mix. Go ahead. The The galaxy's edge. Why not? You know? Ay, ay, ay. I thought we were done with that. <laughs> no, we're bringing it back, Noah. CB forever. Hashtag CB forever. I only care about BB-8. <laughs> you only have your heart for, your eyes for one droid here. And, and, it's, and it's, evil um, BB-8. I, I, I love me some, uh, BB-9E? some BB-9E. Yeah. I like uh, making people mad on uh, Heroes versus Villains on Battlefront 2 with <laughs> BB-9E. <laughs> Throwing people off Kashyyyk. That's, pre- that's pretty good stuff. But yeah, out of all these figures... Um, I think the only one that I could legitimately see myself purchasing um, is the the Cobb Vanth figure. Like it's yeah. probably three and three quarters, probably pretty little. Um, it's a great sculpt. Usually, you know, that's kind of a hard thing with some of these, you know, more inexpensive figures here. Um, but that Cobb Vanth one is, you know, that that's looking pretty good. Detachable helmet and everything. So fun. That's pretty great. Yeah, I might I might have to pick that one up. Yeah, I I do think that the the um. The only one that I, again, I'm not an action figure person, but I do love me some Babu Frick. Uh, I would just be worried that I would swallow it uh, because (laughs) how small is that guy? He's got to be so small. Well, he's in a combo pack, so you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to get some of the other droids in there too. That's true. You know, ages four and up Noah. So I guess you don't, you don't apply to that. (laughs) Okay. We're good. We're good. I probably won't swallow him. Um, moving on from there, um, we're going to get to this discussion, uh, of a, a larger topic here in star Wars. 
Um, the idea of ranking Noah. So yeah. I, I proposed this idea to you um, earlier this week, and I thought it'd be an interesting discussion to have. Um, but being a fan of Star Wars, it always seems like it's an, an inevitable question of, you know, which movie is your favorite, uh, which is your least favorite? Like, what's your ranking? That seems to be kind of such a common thing. And I feel like, if, you know, every other month on Twitter, I see people saying like, well, drop your ranking of the Star Wars movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's apps like Letterboxd, which are like, you know, almost exclusively dedicated to lists and things like this. Um, but I wanted to talk about here what are the pros um, and cons of of ranking the Star Wars movies and, you know, um, kind of what are the implications of that. Um, but to begin here, I wanted to ask, when you were a kid and you were enjoying Star Wars, um, was ranking the movies something that you already kind of did or was it something that maybe came later in your fandom? I think that it came later and the only reason for that is because I never I never rewatched um, a Star Wars movie based on like based solely on how much I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only exception for that is Return of the Jedi. Um, but um, I remember watching like rewatching stuff because it was the newest. Um, mm-hmm. Like I would I would watch Phantom Menace a lot uh, and then you know be really excited to keep rewatching Attack of the Clones because it was the newer thing. Yeah. And, and then revenge of the Sith came around and I didn't, it was funny cause I didn't want to watch attack of the clones anymore. Uh, because I wanted to, I wanted to watch revenge of the Sith and my parents didn't want to let me watch revenge of the Sith until <laughs> I was a certain age. Cause yeah. like they went to go see it and my mom was like, Oh my, no. oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We can't. No way. They're only, it's, they're only six yeah. years old. It's pretty hardcore, man. There's some deep shit in there. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I specifically remember the, I remember the night that my dad said, Yvette, it's on TBS. We're, we're, I'm going to let them watch it. And so. TBS, and, very funny, appropriate for kids. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I remember, I remember watching uh, Revenge of the Sith for the first time when I was probably, mm, probably about seven or eight. Well, probably eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like on TV, I watched it for the first time. And shortly after that, we like got the DVD. And so then I would rewatch that one a bunch. And yeah. Uh, so I never ranked. It was just kind of like, I just want, I want to get my fill of everything until I feel like I've like seen it enough to have it memorized front to back, you know? Sure. Yeah. I feel like with myself, I, I wasn't like, okay, this is my number one. This is my number two. I definitely was inclined to some Star Wars movies uh, over others. Yeah. But to me, it was kind of similar to how I am now to where it's, you know, I have a ranking. I have uh, ones that I prefer to others, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into. But to me, it was always based on kind of a feeling of like whatever kind of mood I was in, because each Star Wars film has such like a distinctive kind of mood uh, or like, a, a you know, a vibe to it. Yeah. And Revenge of the Sith is the one that I watched the most when I was a kid because it's action packed. It looks cool. You know, it's it's lots of lightsabers and clone troopers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Not as much talking and, and things like that. When you're a kid, it's maybe a bit less interesting. Get that crap out of here. <laughs> But when I was a kid, yeah, I, I remember watching um, uh, A New Hope quite often uh, and all of the prequels um, a lot. And then as I got older, um, uh, Empire um, and and Return of the Jedi um, became a lot more um, 
the the ones that I would watch uh, a lot more. But the prequels for sure were ones that I just kind of had on all the time, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, because those are a lot more action packed. And yeah, I don't you know. know I liked the, Anakin yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. So. I don't know what it was, but I, I can say with certainty. Have you ever been asked this question? Like if you could if you could at the end of your life see like a statistic like a, a stat board of, yeah. you know, certain things in your life, like what would you be most curious of? I'd like to know which Star Wars movie I've seen the most because I would put money uh, down that it's Attack of the Clones. And it's in no way my favorite, you know, um, yeah. but I just know that I had it on all the time. Yeah, I know in my hearts of hearts that it's got to be Revenge of the Sith purely because that is the movie where like the lines, uh, I mean, most of them are, but the lines in the audio and everything in the music is like seared into my brain that, yeah. you know, like I yeah. like at any point you could show me like a screenshot or tell me a line from that movie. Just like say any random line from the movie it doesn't even have to be like a quote you know not like a hello there or something like that just anything and i'd be like oh that's the part in this you know yeah like, it could just it could just be yeah yep yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, revenge of the sith was the one that i always you know um when i was playing with action figures or with legos or whatever or even just like you know doing anything like cleaning or whatever when i was a kid doing chores it, i just had it on and you know i don't know if i've said this on this podcast but revenge of the sith was also the movie that and this is a tradition i still uphold today even though there are star wars movies that i like more than revenge of the sith um when we would get like a new tv as a family um we would put on revenge of the sith to kind of test it out quote unquote yeah uh and so the the you know the battle of coruscant was one that like you know, oh, we got a new plasma TV. Like we're going to put on Revenge of the Sith and like test it out and everything. And legitimately this year I got like a new 4K TV and the movie that I tried, you know, tested it out with was uh, Revenge of the Sith. I rem- it was on Disney Plus. I remember you sent have, me, you sent me a picture yeah. when you moved in. Uh, yeah, because they, uh, Disney Plus has them in 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 uh, on four in four K. Um, you can stream them in four K, and you know, I was I was testing them out there, and I was like, wow, this looks terrific. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I also did like uh, Rogue One and such, but. Yeah. So like moving on from there, when we got a bit older and I know I got a little bit more um, pessimistic about certain Star Wars movies. And I think that that's where the ranking came is almost a sense of like superiority. Like, no, these are the actual Star Wars movies. These, you know, these are the lesser ones and the prequels to me, I think unless like not as much the specifics of which one was my favorite, but the, the original trilogy seemed to be kind of like a league above uh, the prequel trilogy for me and maybe not exactly like, okay, this is number one, this is number two or whatever, but there was just like different camps in my mind of like, these are Star Wars movies and these ones aren't as good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a, there's an easy line to separate, you know, even, even now looking at, uh, looking at my, my ranking, it's like, okay, well, I know that there's a separation between, Mm -hmm. between kind of these eras, um, which I think is, is natural in a mature way. And I think it's natural in an immature way because I, again, like you said before, there's a different vibe, uh, watching different Star Wars movies and, um, you know, the, the original trilogy is something that I felt like I shared with my parents. It was a very sure. close knit family type of comfort. Uh, and the prequels were something that I shared with my brother and that's a kind of yeah. a different type of thing. So it feels natural to, to separate them into 
you know, those ways based on feelings. And I think that ultimately it, it impacts the way that you see them because the last time that I rewatched all of the Star Wars movies, um, I realized that Attack of the Clones, um, in my mind, kind of was was creeping its way up my appreciation list because I had seen it enough as an adult to say this is more nostalgic for me than it is frustrating as a Star Wars fan. Uh, this is more yeah. comforting, and and it's it's uh, something that is that receives a different feeling now. Um, yeah. So I'm starting yeah, to I, realize that now, uh, looking back on them and, and also preparing for a rewatch, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I wanted, I guess that like is a good transition to where I, you know, wanted to go with this conversation, but to me, the star Wars rankings aren't necessarily like, and it's not entirely objective, you know, obviously film is a subjective topic and it's all art and it impacts you differently, but especially with star Wars, my ranking isn't what I think is the technically best movie, you know, on down. Yeah. I have movies that are a bit higher than others because they, you know, impact me more on a nostalgic level, on an emotional level, on just the era that the film is set in. I enjoy that era a bit more. My least favorite Star Wars movie is not the movie that I think is the most poorly made Star Wars movie. It's some that I just don't have as much of an emotional connection to because, you know, I've lived with this series for 20 years now and some of these movies just impact me more on an emotional level. And I think that that is such a unique quality to Star Wars to where maybe I think some other series are movies that you, you know, completely disregard, um, like some Bond movies or something like that. Like the series is so long running and there's so many of them that some movies you can just kind of forget about. Yeah. Where with Star Wars, even the ones that I dislike, it's like, well, it's not going anywhere. So like you talked about with Attack of the Clones, you know, you can continue to rewatch that movie and just every time you watch it, just hate watch it and be like, you know, oh God, like that, that line is delivered so poorly or that, that shot looks so ugly or, you know, whatever. But I think once you get past that, that kind of speed bump of just watching it with this critiquing kind of, you know, looking down on the movie and just try to maybe look for the fun in it or look for the things that you do admire. I think that that's really, you know, when you're able to open yourself up and be a little bit more accepting and enjoy these movies and embrace them and, you know, embrace them all as a, as star Wars, you know, and as yeah. a whole, as opposed to just being like, well, these are the real ones and you can just forget about everything else. Right. No, you're, you're totally right. And I have those, those kind of places where, and I'll say this, I, I'm not a fan of, of Solo or Rogue One, but it feels different placing them in a, in a ranking um, sure. because they don't quite fit into one of those camps. And you have to, you have to choose, you know, how you feel about certain things from a movie making perspective differently. And, and it's hard because they're new, um, yeah. but differently than you would feel about, you know, something like, I, you know, I will appreciate Return of the Jedi for the rest of my life in, you mm -hmm. know, well beyond my days on this earth because sure. of what it means to me. I mean, I can look to my left right now and I can see the original Wicket toy that I had from Burger King. And that was my right. life. That was my life. And that, <laughs> that guy's been with me for so long. This Burger King toy is your life. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan's going to kill me. Uh, I, th that's something that it does not come naturally with something like these anthology movies where they don't quite fit into one of those camps and you have to make a decision 
You know, is yeah. this something that I see as, you know, is it something that I see as it, it, I like it because it impacts me emotionally? Is it something that I like because it feels like this that I recognize? Or are you going to be, let's just say, maybe a little bit borderline snooty and say, well, it's made better than this and this and that and whatever. Um, because I know that you have a lot to say about the, the, the impressiveness of the technicality of something like Rogue One, where mm-hmm. I can see that and it's going to take me a couple of rewatches to appreciate that more than it frustrates me in a, in a couple of different sure. ways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I think it's also something to be said. Um, I don't find myself struggling a lot with this, but I notice it a lot in the fandom just generally. And the, I don't think this is exclusive to Star Wars either. I think it's just a kind of a, how it is with any kind of new idea. Mm-hmm. But just that, that the idea of new the new thing is always going to, there's going to be a growing pain in regards to appreciating that or accepting it into kind of the, 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 the zeitgeist or into the, into the, you know, whatever series that it's a new installment into. So when something like force awakens comes out or the last Jedi, people go back and, you know, start embracing the thing that five years ago, people hated, yeah. you know, when, when the force awakens was coming out, people were talking about, well, it's going to want to distance itself as far from the prequels as it can. And then, you know, once the new trilogy comes out, people go back and love the, you know, prequel trilogy. And I can only assume whenever the new batch of star Wars movies comes out, people who grew up with the uh, sequel trilogy, cause believe it or not, those kids are out there and they're going to grow up and be old enough to form their opinion. And they're like, well, no, Ray is my hero. Yeah. Luke is cool and I, I like those movies but ray is the one that i grew up with you right. know just the same right. way that alec guinness is not the obi-wan that i always associate with the character yeah you know not to say anything bad about alec guinness not at all but you know ewan mcgregor when i think of obi-wan is the one that i think of because i grew up with that character whereas people who are a generation ahead of me you know they had you know, 20 some years, like 15 or so years yeah. with this other actor as, as Obi-Wan. So when, you know, the guy from Train Spotting and Moulin Rouge comes along, <laughs> there's not really as much of like a, a, a connection there. But I want to talk about, you know, when we had this discussion, not necessarily talking about, okay, well, my number one Star Wars movie and my number two, because mm-hmm. I think that that's been done so much. But I want you to, when you look at your Star Wars rankings, for me, I'm able to clearly see okay, the, you know, the, the, the movies that are in the first third, um, for me have all this kind of quality that I like about star Wars where the ones in the middle kind of have this. And then the ones towards the end kind of have this, when you look at your ranking of the star Wars movies, do you notice any clear camps or any commonalities and ones that you prefer or, you know, uh, kind of flavors or shades of each other that you notice in the ones that you prefer more? I think I do. And, and, uh, truly, I think that my my top like the the guys in the top tier are the ones that feel very unique um mm-hmm. in ways that that separate themselves not completely not entirely but ways that that say like no this is this is star wars but it's got this new edge it's got this something different about it and the ones near the bottom are ones that frustrate me because they feel lazy and sure you know, it, and it, it truly doesn't have anything to do with with how good the movie looks, how good the performances are, how well the movie is written. Um, unfortunately for me, and this is something that I don't obviously don't take pride in, um, but Rogue <laughs> One is is close to the bottom of my list. 
And, sure. and I know that it frustrates some people, maybe you included. Um, but there's, I, I, I'm not, yeah, continue, but yeah, I, I, I do want to respond right. to that. Yeah. Continue um, though. And, and well, I know that part of that is because my ranking or not ranking my, my, my rating of it, my like kind mm-hmm. of internal rating literally doubled on a rewatch. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm like coming around to this, but it's still near the bottom because there are things about it that I feel like are, um, I, I, I guess I leave with questions that feel, uh, unanswered, unnecessary questions that, that frustrate me. And they, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll end the movie and I'll be thinking these things that I don't have the answers to. And it's a frustrating feeling. You know what I mean? Those are kind of my, my camps. Um, and I mean, we've talked about this a lot where there are, there are questions that I have unanswered and there are ones that, uh, I think that leave you feeling a little bit confused or, maybe disappointed, but that's kind of where my bottom of the list is, is that it's, I, I I leave the movie feeling frustrated. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think then just in response to what you were saying about me being uh, frustrated or or disappointed in the ranking, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think when I look at yours, I I pulled up yours because I wanted to look at yours and mine and see what, you know, compares, but in other Star Wars fans as well, I think I am more intrigued by people's lists because I look at it and it's a clear indication of when I ask the question of like, okay, well, what is Star Wars? I think looking at the 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 ranking that people's um, that people have, I think that that is almost kind of a um, an acknowledgement or an uh, an answer to that question of well, these films mean you know represent this aspect of star wars or represent this idea or feature this timeline or you know what is important to me so if someone has rogue one or revenge of the sith towards the top for me that means okay you enjoy the war part of star wars and the action of it because those movies are very action-packed and they look really nice you know um rogue one and revenge of the sith especially revenge of the sith considering when that movie was made look great um, and uh, really have this uh, really uh, uh, appealing visual quality to them. And they're very spectacular and epic. And, you know, the the opening, sh- you know, the opening sequence, the openings, I say sequence, but it's like the first 30 minutes of the movie of Revenge of the Sith are very, you know, uh, there's a stark contrast to what Stimulating, we see. I think, is the word. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Everything is being stimulated. But yeah, watching that and and to me, if you, if you, you know, are a big fan of the lightsaber battles in Revenge of the Sith, but then say that Star Wars, like, you know, A New Hope, those are silly or dumb, then, yeah, to me, there's, like, clear camps there. And it's not good or bad, it's just we've talked about before that idea, and and others have discussed as well, of the kind of the buffet of Star Wars. And there are things that, you know, appeal to some, and other things that are in other movies that just don't appeal to you as much. Um, And I think that when you look at someone's ranking the the camps that are there are evident um for me the the when i look at my list the camps that i see in in the first um like third of the list here are an emphasis on character um to me the thing that i love uh, uh, most of all in star wars are characters and i think as you look throughout my list i i see the character work getting less and less impactful yeah. and less and less in, um impressive I mean, I think performances also play a, a bit into that because it helps you buy into that character. 
But for me, the first, like the, my top three Star Wars movies have a really solid grip and understanding and execution of character. Um, and they, the, those are the, the, the characters in Star Wars are what keeps me coming back. Yeah. So if I'm not as invested in the characters, like I know you have trouble with Rogue One as, as so do I, that movie, even though it's beautiful and it looks spectacular and it's like some of the best space battles that we've seen in Star Wars period, you know, the, the characters maybe aren't as resonant with me and I would like a little bit more time with those characters. And so that movie is going to be farther down on the list than something like the last Jedi, which I think has a fantastic understanding of its characters and everyone feels so well realized. And I understand, you know, the perspective of everybody in the movie for me, I, that's something that's very important to myself in star Wars. Whereas another fan might not be, um, something that they're as, as a clued into yeah. or, you know, or might just, uh, kind of appreciate maybe on a bit more of a, uh, you know, superficial level, or it's something that, you know, the spectacle is something that's more important to them. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Everybody's always going to have their, their own taste and, and what star Wars means to them. I, I definitely agree with you. I think that, cause I, I'm also looking at your list right now. Um, and we've talked about this a lot, kind of, especially when um when we were waiting on bated breath for for episode 9 to release and yeah. uh, and and we were at Star Wars Celebration and there was a lot of talk about the different camps of Star Wars and when you're at Star Wars Celebration it's you know those those lines become uh almost negligible there's they're they're divided or the the dividing lines are kind of dissolved where it's yeah. like okay we're all Star fantastic. Wars fans yeah um and then I think episode nine happened and it was like, all right, time to reinforce those walls. <laughs> but I remember we talked a lot about like, what does someone's favorite and least favorite or what does their ranking, like what kind of Star Wars fan are they? Right. If you, sure. if you know someone's like favorite Star Wars movie, can you guess their least favorite? Or if you know their least favorite, can you guess their favorite? Um, that kind of thing. But I was thinking, mm -hmm. you know, when I was looking at your list, I was going to say like, you can tell what kind of a fan a person is by their favorite Star Wars films. Um, mm -hmm. And I was going to say, I think you're like, if I were to guess, if I were to look at this list and guess and be like, what kind of, what kind of things does Garrett like about in Star Wars, I was going to say, like, you're somebody that sees the the characters behind the fairy tale. You know, there's there's a fairy tale yeah. being told, but the reason that a fairy tale is written and passed down is because there's a relatability there. Um, and that's something that, that certain fans will appreciate more than, you know, something like, oh, yeah, 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 there's, there's people and whatnot, but boy, this is a, like a, a large story. It's a huge story. That's so cool and whatnot, you know, there's, sure. so there's a lot of different, I think things that, that show kind of that, uh, especially with your ranking being like, you can tell less and less as the list goes on. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of how it would be for everybody that, that says that they have a ranking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, uh, considering both of ours are, you know, we have, um, attack the clones, uh, and then rise of Skywalker at the bottom. And for me, I am very aware that rise of Skywalker is not the po most poorly made star Wars movie. Um, I think it looks better. The performances are better. The music, um, I, I could hear an argument for the music, but I think most of the kind of quote unquote technical things are better than 
um, especially Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for myself, there is that element to where it's the newest one and it's harder for me, like I talked about before, when I watch Attack of the Clones, I can watch it and instead of getting like, oh God, the, a 50s diner in Star Wars, that's so silly, you know? Um, I can watch it and be like, oh, it's the part with Dex, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's, yeah. it's fun and, and I'm able to enjoy that and Phantom Menace, some of those silly lines, I'm able to kind of, the, the frustration kind of dissolves and goes away and I'm able to enjoy it because it's the Phantom Menace and it's super super nostalgic probably the one of the star wars movies that i'm most nostalgic about because it's you know came out in such a pivotal point in my fandom whereas the rise of skywalker i have zero nostalgia for yeah you know it's so fresh and so raw and those emotions are still so raw but it also and, i think part of that is that it doesn't tap into the nostalgia in a way that is satisfactory do you know what i mean Sure. It, yeah. it, it um, attempts to do so. Um, and some people can make an argument and say, well, that does feel like it because we've got Lando back and, and there's all these other things. And, but if you kind of take away the veil of fan service, then it still doesn't hit the same way that something else might, you know, like something like force awakens, you mean? Yeah. Cause force awakens is also a film that has like you know, some would say like a quite a big level of fan service, which I don't think is an inherently bad thing, but right. it's got like that, you know, fan service aside, watching Han Solo or the Millennium Falcon, you know, and Luke Skywalker and seeing all that stuff back, you know, that's, you know, that taps into something primal Absolutely, <laughs> as a Star Absolutely. Wars fan to where you see it like, like, oh my God, that's Han Solo and Chewbacca again. Like that's, I haven't seen them on screen in 30 years. You mm -hmm. know, uh, having that experience is something that, you know, you know, you're not going to be able to, to, um, you know, kind of capture again. That's something that, you know, you're only going to be able to, to do that again when you, when you see it and, you know, being without these characters and seeing them in the new light 30 years later, that's something it is really powerful. But I think for myself with Rise of Skywalker, it's not so much of a fan service thing, but it goes back to that character thing to where I feel that there are things in that movie that aren't necessarily, you know, and I've divulged heavily about my thoughts about this movie, but there are things about that that I feel are, you know, maybe a kind of portrayal feels like kind of a pointed word, but, uh, you know, I'll use it because I can't think of a better one right now, but it feels like almost a bit of a portrayal of some of the character things that I've, you know, I, I thought I understood about these characters, but I think all that comes with in my frustration and the emotions that I have with that movie watching it. I do feel confident in the more and more I do watch that movie, it some of those things are going to go away and the things that I do like about it are going to come to the surface a bit more. Um, because again, Star Wars is a series where, you know, love or hate the rise of Skywalker or love or hate the movie that you you know, is your favorite and your least favorite, whatever that is for you, you know, it's something that's not going away. You don't have the necessarily the luxury of just pretending that it doesn't exist, especially something like the rise of Skywalker, which is such a pivotal movie. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, the conclusion it's the, of the Skywalker yeah. uh, the series, not trilogy, uh, the conclusion of everything like that's, you know, it's a pretty important movie. And so you can't just be like, I'm just going to pretend it doesn't exist. It's there, you know, it's there. And you have the, uh, the, the option of trying to just every time you watch it or just hate on it and rag on it and completely disregard the good stuff that is in there. Cause there is good stuff in there. And I think that that's something that is, is, you know, natural, uh, is to, to not like the new thing, um, and feel like, you know, there's that still that surprise there to when you're, you're watching it and it's, 
still is still new and those lines aren't necessarily seared into your mind where something like a new hope is to where you're like, I've this movie is on a, the entire movie is a t-shirt, you know, to where it's so, everything is so iconic that everything just feels so obvious, you yeah, know? I mean, like those, those like, are how my rewatches go is it's always like, how long can I go just repeating the like the script along with everyone else you know yeah and rise of skywalker doesn't have that i'd argue a lot of the sequel trilogy doesn't have that and i think you know when you when you go back and rewatch these movies i think with anybody whether you love the rise of skywalker hate the rise of skywalker or, or the force awakens or last jedi as well you have the opportunity to 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 watch them and dive deeper um apart just from oh look you know even with force awakens Oh, look, it's Han Solo and Leia again. That's mm-hmm. great and exciting to see them back on screen. But you have the opportunity to dive deep and understand what what makes these characters, like why is their return important and what does that mean for, for you know, these new characters with Ray and Finn and, and Poe and everybody else. To me, that's kind of the the charge or the, um, the importance of rewatching these movies is not just to be like, yeah, I know all the lines and I know the trivia of everything, but to be able to use, you know, the, the the difference between knowledge and wisdom, you know, is, nice. is you know the the Star Wars line goes, but yeah, yeah, that's the bringing it back to Dex. <laughs> it always comes back to Dex. Always, but yeah. Be, being able to to rewatch these movies and um, appreciate them because I you know I think that that's kind of my thesis is you know none of these movies are going anywhere. I'm not saying that you have to like you have to like everything because it's Star Wars and it's 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 here to stay. No, I think as a Star Wars fan that, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that you're a fan of everything, but I think you kind of owe it to yourself to, you know, see where these movies are in communication with the things that you do like, Rise of Skywalker included, you know, okay, well, you do like Return of the Jedi or you do like The Last Jedi. Where does this movie have parallels with those movies or where are those movies in sync and kind of understand beyond the veil of your anger and frustration, you know, where do those where do those parallels appear? Cause I think that they are there for sure. Yeah. It just, and it, I think that's one of those things that it just takes, it takes getting used to. It takes time. It's, it's not something that you're going to notice until you realize that it's there. Um, yeah. some, you know, a, as an avid rewatcher, I'm waiting for that to happen. And, uh, and I know that it will, uh, yeah. I'm not gonna, not gonna be, uh, so disgruntled forever. Yeah. I wanted to ask you though, what do you think are the, the benefits of ranking the star Wars movies? Are there any pros that come from this of saying, okay, well, what is my favorite movie? And then the next favorite, and then going on down until it's your least favorite, what are the pros there? And we'll get to, and we'll get to the cons next. Well, I think even with something so huge, um, there's an inherent, uh, there's an inherent joy of being able to, as, as somebody that consumes media, being able to say, well, this is why this one thing is important to me out of this bigger thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but Star Wars is different in so many ways that you, you better have things that you like about some things and things that you don't like (laughs) about other things, uh, because they're so different. Um, and, being able to use that in an individuality sense is why I think, especially, you know, now we've got so much media, so much Star Wars media, multimedia that appeals to different parts of Star Wars fans because mm-hmm. 
uh, with every new thing, there's, you know, you're, you're dividing more and more people in a good way. You're dividing more and more people by saying like, well, here's another new thing. And who is this going to appeal to? Okay. Out of the people that this would appeal to who actually does like it, who doesn't out of the people that does like that do like it and don't, what should we do next? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that's fantastic about the Disney plus stuff is, you know, even though some might say it like lessens the power of star Wars to where there's so much now, I think that that's fantastic in the sense of like, I don't have to hear so many people bitch and moan (laughs) when the thing that comes out is not exactly for them. It's like, uh, star Wars resistance sucks and it's so juvenile, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, great turn the channel yeah, and there's something else that is for you and it's it's brutal and mandalorian is like cutting people in half and it's you know a lot more quote-unquote serious it's like i feel like the stuff that people don't like they'll forget about it you know and people aren't like when the prequels came out people aren't flipping out and making songs about how george lucas i don't want to you, you know use the words but defiled their childhood and yeah. you know they're they're just pounding their fist and getting so angry about it for so long and it's just like i feel like because of the flux of things coming in it's just like okay wait five minutes and yep. a new thing is going to come out that might be more up your alley and if not wait another five minutes like I that's think, kind yeah, of the benefit I, of everything i think that's part of part of the biggest thing that that we see now is that that maybe people couldn't see before is the force awakens received a ton of backlash before it even before it even premiered because it was one of those things where you know star wars fans a lot of the time were saying well how can we trust something new when the only other thing that we've gotten so far has been insert your own adjective and or comparison um yeah you know, so that that's part of the like the hesitation, and I and it it breaks my heart that there are still fans that say, "Well, no, after this, I was done," and you know, yeah. you lost me. You're because yourself off. Yeah, to so much good stuff. There's a know? lot of stuff now, and there will continue to be so much more stuff coming down the pipeline. So you know, there's got to be something are- out there. You know, if if you are the fan, we're talking about those camps, and if if you are a fan, that's like, you know what the I really like the era of Star Wars that does fill in the blank. You know, chances are the more and more things that come out, they're going to have something that appeals to you. I was talking with somebody recently that was like, you know what? I watched the original trilogy. I'm an original trilogy guy. Prequels didn't do it for me. I didn't grow up with those movies. I was in college when those came out and I didn't really care for the sequels, you know, and like nothing really appealed to me after that. I was recommending them. I was like, check Rebels out, man. Rebels has got some really good stuff in there that I do think is in conversation with the original trilogy there. And if, you know, those characters or those ideas or those messages or whatever, just the era, you know, whatever it is about the original trilogy that really struck a chord with you, maybe it's purely nostalgia and you grew up with those movies and anything else isn't going to scratch that itch. I get it. You know, take it or leave it. If you're just like, I'm an original trilogy guy and you know everything else can kind of go away yeah you know that that's fair but i i do think you like i agree you are closing yourself off to where it's just like well you know after the force awakens came out you know i just completely lost faith it's just like okay man i mean there's a lot of good stuff out there that you're kind of closing yourself off to and you're admitting that closing off to you know (laughs) you're you're broadcasting it to the world i think that's my like my wrap my my wrapped up thoughts like my summed up thoughts is like you really you owe it to yourself as somebody that says sure. well I don't like Star Wars anymore because they did this 
if you want to be a Star Wars fan again, you owe it to yourself to sure. let certain things, you know, give give certain things a chance because there's a lot of stuff that's very different, you know, from from whatever yeah. made you yeah. closed off. Yeah, I think the from my perspective, the the pro of of ranking the Star Wars films is you are able to in doing that, ask yourself, well, what works about these movies that doesn't work about some of these other films? And you're able to recognize the the corners of Star Wars that do impact you a little bit more. You know, whether you're actually, you know, cognizantly doing that, you're able to maybe subconsciously say, okay, well, I like the, these films that have a certain mood, or I like the films that look a certain way, or you know, unfortunately have a certain type of lead, you know, yeah. if the, if all the, you know, uh, if rogue one and all the sequel movies are not as, you know, as impactful to you because they all have a women, a female lead, you know, grow up a little bit, I would say, but it's like, okay, well then, you know, maybe the Mandalorian is for you. It's about <laughs> you know, as manly I, as you can get. Yeah. I hate, I, I, I don't even like even thinking about that kind of stuff because I, I don't think you deserve to be a fan. <laughs> I don't think you deserve the joy of Star Wars and everything that has to bring. I'm like, okay, we'll just go away. You have a, you have not just Star Wars, but decades of other movies right. that have a, 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 a male protagonist. Yeah, that nobody, you can, nobody you, tell you can him about to. Forces of Destiny. He'll flip a lid. <laughs> oh, oh God, they'll just explode like scanner style. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I think um, when you rank these movies and 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 put them one another and put and put them toe to toe together. You know, you are able to be like, okay, well, I prefer whatever. And I think that that is the, the benefit, but I will say with the benefit comes some, some detractors or some cons. So I wanted to ask you when you do stack these films together, and I, I think the answer is fairly obvious for mm -hmm. myself, but what would you say are the negative implications that can come from that? Yeah. I'm wondering if we'll have kind of the same, at least the same exact like thesis thought, but my, my, uh, I think my part of it is there is a difference between favorite to least favorite and best to worst. And, yeah. and I have my letterbox list as, you know, labeled as, as best to worst because I don't want to confuse, I don't want to confuse it with like, well, what is objectively the best? Because I think for myself, this is my list, my ranking of what I think is the best of star Wars. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and it's, and you reach a point where those two, those two uh, versions of ranking uh, become synonymous with, you know, fans that like to argue. Um, where you you end up getting people that will say that their ranking is based on what is objectively the best. And my my dear sweet brother uh, is horrible at determining opinion from a from fact. Uh, and mm -hmm. and and he misuses those kinds of things in, in arguments in ways that we can't talk about star Wars anymore because, uh, the, uh, the, the sequel trilogy is so divisive that, yeah. uh, you know, he has kind of the objectively best ranking in his sure. mind when it's impossible to be objective about, uh, something like star Wars. So I think that that is the inherent con of, of ranking is finding yourself in a situation where somebody says, you're wrong because this is objectively good or objectively bad. Um, yeah. There's not much else to say about it on my end because, yeah, everybody knows how that can be a slippery slope and you end up building the walls a little bit higher between the different camps, you know? Yeah. 
I, I think it's kind of the same thing as where you just are inherently causing division or factions to where it's like, okay, well, I have the original trilogy or the prequels or whatever, you know, whatever is the, your favorite. And then I have the sequels at the bottom because they're garbage and irredeem- irredeemable and there's nothing good about them in The Last Jedi. You know, it's like people act like that movie like broke into their apartment and like killed their dog, yeah. you know, it's just like, all right, <laughs> take it easy, you know, but you're creating such division uh, among fans and there seems to be this sense of lack of celebration. And we've talked about it before where that's something I loved about celebration because it was truly that, you know, when you went there, those walls didn't seem like they were there. They, it was just like a love of the thing, you know, and everybody was, was so, appreciative of, of the fandom and everybody was so celebratory of the corners of it that were, you know, important to them. And there didn't seem like the sense of tearing down to where, you know, you didn't have someone who was cosplaying as commander Cody or whatever, going to somebody cosplaying as Ray and being like, you're a fake fan. It's like, no, I like this character and it impacts me this way. And this is why I relate with them. There seems to be that sense of community there, which, you know, I understand that people who are maybe fans who who are fans enough to go to star Wars celebration and cosplay and to pay all that money to do so and travel and airfare and, you know, hotels and all that kind of stuff. Maybe they are more open to the star Wars fandom. You know, they're not those people who are like, well, after the prequels, I just, I just stopped caring because they're garbage. You know what I mean? Like they're obviously people who are there here for the long haul in a sense. Um, that's something that I, I really appreciate about star Wars celebration. But yeah, when you do rank these movies, you are, opening yourself up to saying, okay, these are the good movies and these are the bad movies and everything in between is just kind of whatever or mediocre or whatever, where for me, it's really, it's really a, a, an arrangement of tastes, you know, and, and it's a clear way to, to illustrate the, the corners of star Wars that are important to me or the themes of the ideas that are important to me in the movies that I don't feel emphasize those, um, as much. I think that that's probably a good way to describe it is kind of taking this, you know, saying, how do you, how do I organize this big thing that I love Mm -hmm. all around? Right. Is how do I organize it? Um, because it's, yeah, you're not, that's the thing is that Star Wars, something like Star Wars celebration, you're not going to find somebody that says, well, I just forget about that one. Like, I just, I just want to forget about it. You know, you've probably got some people that say, well, no, I haven't gotten around to giving this a chance. I never, you know, I never got around to to watching Rebels or, you know, whatnot, or I'm not really interested in cartoons, so I haven't done this, this or that. Um, You'll get that, but you aren't going to get people so cynical that say like, well, there's only room on my plate for this much. And, you know, the other stuff, I'm going to swipe it off onto the floor because I don't care. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, well, this movie's not in my top five, so it sucks. It's like, well, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> The Phantom Menace is not in my top five, but I grew up on that movie. And even though I, I obviously it, I, I love it for its its bruises and I, I love it for all of its shortcomings, mm-hmm. which are there and I'm aware of them when I watch it. But I'm also able to watch it and, you know, 
spinning is a good trick and, and love those kind of lines and wear the t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. Those, those movies are important to me. And I know the ones that maybe are further down the list that are newer or just in general, the things that are newer that maybe don't resonate with me as much. I do love this era of star Wars that we're in to where there's so much coming down the line. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, season two of the Mandalorian didn't connect with me as much, but maybe Andor will, or maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi will to where when I was growing up, it was like, you've got these six movies and that's it, you know? And I hope we're you not, like we're playing not, them as a video game and you're like, well, yeah, and if, but. And if, and yeah. And if, if you don't like these then sorry, you're kind of SOL, you know, cause there's not yeah. much coming down the line. Cause you know, you know, uh, the, whatever that was going on with George at the time, you know, but now the Disney owns everything and they're wanting to continue to make, 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 which I understand there are detractors to that. I get it. Um, but I, I do love the idea of there's there's enough for everybody and that itch that you need scratched in regards to your Star Wars fandom. Eventually something will come out and it will scratch that for prequels fans, you know, Bad Batch and, and Kenobi is coming out for for sequel fans. Maybe Rogue Squadron. I don't know. That's still to be determined. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. the original trilogy fans, you got Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian that's coming out. You know, you've got all of these things that appeal to certain corners. And um, I love that. And I'm I'm, I'm very uh, grateful and, and excited to see, you know, what comes next that appeals to whatever corner of fans. Yeah. And we're here for all of it. I think that's yeah. kind of the thing is, you know, we get to we get to enjoy all of it almost from the very beginning and and see a new generation of people that say, well, like, okay, well, what appeals to me about the sequel trilogy? Because that's nostalgic for me, you know, yeah. like th that's something that's going to keep growing and keep happening. And yeah, I think it's great. Absolutely. Anything else you would like to add before we uh, cap off today's episode? I think that that's it. Um, yeah, no, I think I'm good. I don't, I don't feel oh. the need to, to rant about anything that's low on my, on my ranking. I think it, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like we had a, calm level-headed discussion here yeah, and we're that's, like that's hey, kind of my like thing the is rise I even, of skywalker yeah. you're, a, you're a fake fan it's like oh no maybe this just you know you are able to appreciate something that i maybe struggle with a yeah. bit more and, and that's great and i'm totally open to discussions but some people just want to scream and pound their fists which honestly as i get older any movie in the world i I find it hard to do that. The movies that I don't like, I'm just like, all right, whatever. And yeah. then I move on. <laughs> like I, that was an hour and a half and I'll never think about it again. Exactly. Ah, oh, bliss <laughs> <laughs> to be completely unbothered by a thing you didn't like. Uh, I wish people would adopt that mentality, mm. but all right, Noah, that's the episode. Take us home, buddy. That's it guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We hope you learned something today. If there's any topics or bits of news you think we should cover, you can head over to our Twitter and shoot us a message at scum villain pod. But for now, this has been scum and villainy with Noah to George and Garrett McDowell. And may the force be with you. We'll see you next time. See you guys.